You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Ian, how you doing? Anita, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm, uh, I've been fielding a, a lot of uh, Knicks calls and Knicks fans. Um, very perplexed, very concerned uh, in regard to what the Knicks did on draft night. And now, of course, all the yeah. reports are that they are going after Jalen Brunson. So with that being said, kind of fill us in. What do you know? What do you anticipate to happen here, Ian? Yeah, I think that with Brunson, right, the Knicks are going to have to clear some more cap space uh, to create, excuse me, create more cap space to really make a competitive offer to Brunson. So I would anticipate a couple of things they could do. One thing is they could waive Taj Gibson. I think if they do that, uh, they would certainly consider bringing him back on a new contract later in the offseason. They can also trade Nerlens Noel or Alec Burks or even a Cam Reddish uh, to a team that could take their salary in. And so in that, in that way, they wouldn't be taking money back. And uh, they can then put together a pretty competitive offer for Brunson, you know, 23, 24, 25, 26 million a year. The Knicks can offer four years. The Mavericks can offer five years, so they'll be able to offer uh, more years. And so I think what it'll come down to is the number that the Knicks get to and are comfortable with, and is Dallas comfortable matching it? You know, during the season, I was told that there was a number the Mavs were comfortable going to, um, but but not beyond that number because of you know tax implications. But that was before Brunson played really well in the playoffs, and both Mark Cuban and Mavs GM Nico Harrison have said they want to do what it takes to bring Brunson back. So it's going to be interesting negotiations here in uh, the next few days, especially as we get to June 30th and, and we find out uh, where Brunson goes and if the Knicks miss out on him, what they do from there. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, no denying that. So just to kind of break it down and, and, and agree or correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the Mavs can offer a max of five-year 175 plus. Uh, the Knicks can offer a max of four years million plus. So you're talking about a $45 million difference there. But what do the Knicks bring to the table? Daddy Rick is a part of the coaching staff. Everything that I'm reading is Brunson has has a relationship with Tibbs as well, heading back to Chicago, as well as Derek Rose, who was a mentor to him when he was a young child. Leon Rose was his former agent. His mom lives here on the shore. He grew up or was born, I should say, in South Jersey. His mom's a used Giants fan. I can go on and on. Like, like, you know, there's so much that the Knicks have in their back pocket that makes sense. But I guess my question to you is, Ian, and obviously this is an opinion, is all that, right, playing for a coach that you know well, playing with a guy that is going to be on the roster, if we're expecting Derrick Rose to continue to be on the roster, that you consider a brother, playing for your dad, being close to mom, um, being able to attend some Giants games with your mom on an off Saturday or, or an off Sunday, I should say. Like, all these things is that going? Is that way in the difference of the max offer 
that potentially the Mavs could 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 present to to Brunson? Well, here's a couple of things. One is from what I've heard, Brunson cares about winning, right? And so I bring that up because Dallas obviously has won with him and, and Luka Doncic, and he has found a really really good role. Uh, for himself where he can succeed individually and the team can succeed. And so I, I think that matters. I think it's going to be a difficult, you know, a difficult decision to leave that. That being said, I, I would have a hard time believing that the Knicks would make the trade that they did Thursday, uh, which was Kem- shedding Kemba Walker's salary and would continue to look to shed salary um, to make that offer to Brunson if they didn't have a high level of confidence that Brunson was going to say yes to them. Now, maybe they've got a plan B and a plan C, but when you're clearing this cap space, you know, you had to attach some assets. You had to spend draft capital to clear Kemba Walker's salary. Uh, I would assume that you have to maybe spend some more capital to clear off the next salary to, um, to get closer to that Brunson offer. So I would be surprised if the Knicks were making these moves without a, a pretty strong idea of that Jalen Brunson would say yes, uh, it, it would be a strange for them to do these things without, uh, you can't get assurance, but without a high degree of confidence that Brunson would come here. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And so, you know, based on, you know, the, the 2023 top 18, right, 2023 top 14, 2025 top four, uh, in regard to, you know, the trade that they made, uh, you know, obviously uh, with the 11th pick and, and whatnot, uh, you know, do you see them doing anything with those draft picks this, this, this offseason or, or this summer? You know, besides yeah, Brunson, you know, I- are, are, there other, are there other players out there, are there other names out there that you're hearing that the Knicks will be in play for? Well, you know, they've been linked uh, by uh, previous reports to Colin Sexton. Uh, I didn't get the this sense way back when, when Sexton was healthy, that the Knicks were all in on him. But now, you know, he's coming off an injury. He's going to – somebody's going to give him a significant contract. So I wouldn't be stunned if the Knicks at least had him on their radar. Uh, also, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, uh, the guard with Indiana – He's said to be available. I know the Knicks have touched base with Indiana on Brogdon prior to the draft. And so that's, that's also a name to keep an eye on. And then you have to keep an eye on the Kyrie Irving situation. I, I don't think that Irving and the Knicks is a, is a realistic uh, outcome at this point. I, I, I think that with Irving, you know, people around him saw the Knicks as a potential destination if things went awry. Uh, my sense was that it was more about geography um, and then more recently, I, I don't even I didn't get the sense that Irving was strongly interested in the Knicks. So uh, the, the options are there. There are other options. But again, if you are making these deals to clear off cap space and you're having to use some draft assets, not a significant amount of draft assets, but some draft assets, 
I would think that you, you, you know that you have a really good shot at getting Jalen Brunson. Again, um, Ian Begley joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, so, so let's just say, in hypothetically speaking, let's say the Brunson deal goes through. Mm-hmm. What do you envi- what do you envision in regard to the starting five for the Knicks next season? What kind of break that down for us? You know, right. So I mean, I think part of it is what's next, right? I don't because you have this draft capital. If you're the Knicks, eleven first rounders, eleven second rounders in the next seven years, and so you have some capital to be able to strike another trade with. You have some young players um, that are tracked to some teams on the trade market. So you have the opportunity to pull another trade to bring another player in. Um, I wonder if that comes later in the offseason or if they stand pat with the rest of the roster. If they stood pat, you know, I would think you're looking at uh, Jalen Brunson, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson, who, uh, you know, barring something unforeseen or barring a new development where a new team comes in with a big offer, I I would think that he ends up back in New York. So I think that would be your starting five. Julius Randle, obviously, uh, you know, not a lot of love from Knicks fans. Uh, a lot of a lot of folks would like to see him go. Um, you know, how, how how do you see him rebounding after a very disappointing season last year? Yeah, I think it, to me it's just the shooting. It's his shot falling, his shot fell. He shot so well two years ago, did not shoot well this past season and I think it impacted the rest uh, other factors of his game and so um, if he's shooting it well if he's if he's getting good shots knocking down shots he's he's a an impactful player I think it comes down to that but my thing with Julius Randle and Obi Toppin is you know the Knicks it seems to me at least they have to kind of make a choice here because Obi Toppin if Julius Randle is here he's not going to get significant minutes we saw Toppin late in the season uh, get significant minutes when Randall was sidelined with an injury. And Toppin, I thought, played pretty well. So are the Knicks going to be able to look at Obi Toppin more to, to see really what they have in the game situations? Or will he be again behind Julius Randall? And, you know, you're not able to fully evaluate Toppin in game situations if that's the case. So that, to me, is a dynamic to keep an eye on, even beyond Brunson. How do they figure out? the Randall Toppin situation, or do they think it just can work? It can work with Toppin off, coming off the bench, getting 15, 20 minutes, and, and Randall um, getting the majority of the minutes there. Ian, so just, just some final thoughts before we let you go. Give me a percentage of your, 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 your gut instinct telling you, like, you know, D, Brunson landing here, the, the Knicks being able to get him this summer. How, how, how confident are right. you? Give me, give me a percentage if you can. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I think so many moving parts are always involved in a free agency, and particularly with this one, with the Knicks needing to set the salary. And it's, you know, every team is aware that they're trying to set salary. Is there going to be a team that helps them? Uh, what's the cost going to be? So that's a factor in kind of how I think how I think about the percentage. I guess I would put it at you know sixty sixty right now. Um, and as they continue to, to try to make deals, if they can execute the deals, I would increase the percentage. Where I think there's, you know, a number of steps they have to take to be able to get to make him that offer first. 
Great stuff as always, Ian. So appreciate your time. Again, make sure you check out Ian, all things SNY, the digital NBA show, as well as host of Putback. Ian, enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Anita, you too. Always great to talk to you. You got it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.